It's got a good bass guitar. Hi-ya. 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 That's the name of the channel. Hi-ya. On the, uh, I get it on the Roku and I get it on the Pluto TV. Hi-ya. Yeah. It's all Kung Fu, 24-7. It's like Freebie and IMDb. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, Freebie stuff. is IMDb, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I, I just wanted it. to add more letters. I've got a Roku, but I only ever use it for Plex. So for what Plex? Plex. See, I yeah. couldn't get into Plex. Yeah, I've got a Fire Stick, and it's on there. So you—that's right. We talked about that before. We we're thinking about getting a Fire Stick. So, but Hi Ya is the twenty-four-seven Kung Fu streaming platform, and uh, I've watched it quite a bit because uh, you know Kung Fu. Well, I recently found uh, Film Rise oh, is yeah. in there with uh, horror, anime, and all kinds of other fun stuff. Yeah, they have like several things going on. Yeah. So I've, I've looked through some of their stuff. And they're also one of the bigger uh, forensic TV show channels. Oh, they really? Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Film Rise is behind Forensic Files. Oh, okay. And I've run out of those to watch, and there's like 13 or 14 seasons. <laughs> That's funny. I'm rewatching murders. Well, what's your favorite kung fu movie? Favorite, favorite. Yeah, kung fu. from from when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the only one I can remember. Five Deadly Wounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, anything with Jackie Chan. Uh, Bulletproof Monk. Yeah, he, I was don't really think you good. understand the, the kung fu panda was really good. Favorite. <laughs> it's eph- ephemeral. You know, oh. it's it's flowing. It's it depends. Changing, yeah, fluctuating. Pretty much, yeah. Right, what about you, Parker? Do you have one favorite kung fu movie? No, <laughs> I uh, I don't have the same exposure to kung fu movies that you guys do. Um, I never really got into watching them. I uh, enjoy you know some of the more modern ones like Kung Fu Panda, and yeah. of course Stephen Chow with Kung oh, Fu yeah. Hustle. And Shaolin soccer, yeah, yeah. those are great. Um, but the old classic, like Shaw Brothers and other stuff, yeah. I, I never. Well, what about uh, like swordplay stuff, like uh, Hidden Dragon, Crouching Tiger? Those are okay. Um, Shinobi Heart Under Blade. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah because of the uh, soundtrack. Yeah. And yeah, no, see, unfortunately, I just never really got into watching those. Gotcha. I mean, but, when I do see them, I like them, but it's not like, ooh, Kung Fu movie, let's watch it. This is, you know, I, my, my love for my wife went to a whole new level. Where one day, I walked in, she was in the bedroom folding clothes, and she had the TV on, and there was a Kung Fu movie on, and I was like, oh, that's an early Jackie Chan movie. And she turns to me, and she goes, yeah, that's uh, Snake and Eagle's Claw. And I was like, huh, what? You know Snake, what, huh? <laughs> So she has that same love of kung fu movies, and she knows the old stuff. And so, you know, we do this thing where we'll uh, we'll steam up some dim sum, make some stir fry, sit down with a bowl of rice, we will watch kung fu movies. It will be kung fu movie night. We'll just do everything, you know, like Hong Kong style, Chinese Ooh, style, Hong Kong fui. I forget about that one. Hi, what? No, that's that's a cartoon. Yeah. Wait, 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 what, what, was it Shanghai Noon? Yeah. Yeah, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one with uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah. yeah, Jackie Chan, and then they did Shanghai Nights. Yeah, as well. Yeah, wow. I don't know if, there, if you if those are. I don't know if you could 
purely call those kung fu movies or just action movies though they had kung fu yeah they had kung fu Having Kung Fu, though, is not the sole definition of Kung Fu. I mean, Kung Fu even movie. The Matrix had Kung Fu. So, uh, well, Kung yeah. Fu. So that raises the question, what, 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 what exactly then is the definition of a Kung Fu movie? Is it an action movie that has Kung Fu? Or is it a movie that is based around Kung Fu? And does it have to be Kung Fu? Well, I think it depends on if you're a purist or not. If you're yeah, a purist, yeah. it's from like the late 60s, early 70s, filmed in China, or with Kong really, Kong. really bad dubbing into English. Like, yeah, bad dubbing is usually a big part of it. Yeah. But I don't feel like that has to be. I mean, I think there's really good modern uh, Kung Fu movies. By modern, you know, being the old guy that I am. Late 80s, 90s, 2000s. Bulletproof Monk. Bulletproof that's Monk. a really good Kung yeah, Fu movie. Yeah, uh, that's Italian fat, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, now, of course, obviously, when I think about Kung Fu movies and the stuff I love is the same as what you're talking about, Ken. We're talking about stuff from the 70s. We're talking about the Shaw brothers. We're talking about, you know, my, my, I have two favorites and one is just a little edges out the other one. My favorite same five deadly venoms. That movie is amazing. It's to me, it's like, if you watch that, that's kind of like the definition of a Kung Fu movie because the master dies. We got to get vengeance on the bad guy for killing our master. And uh, each one of them has a poison style. There's scorpion, snake, uh, centipede, toad. Let me get the fifth one. <laughs> scorpion, snake, toad, centipede. And something, uh, something else. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. But yeah, the five deadly venoms. Um, and then my second favorite is kind of obscure, but it's funny whenever I mention this to somebody who's into it, they always seem to remember it once I describe it. And that's, the man with the flying guillotine, where he's um, he's got the full-on white Fu Manchu, uh, you know, beard and, and mustache going, and he throws this thing, and it hits their head, and the cage comes down, and he pulls it away, and it rips their head off, and there's a tournament, because there's always a tournament involved in a Fu movie, where they're all, like, like going to, they got to win this tournament for whatever, you know, justice reason or whatever. But yeah, that's that's the kung fu that I think about. Yeah. Reminds me of another movie, the fiendish plot of Doctor Fu Manchu oh, with yeah, Christopher yeah. Lee. That's uh, a very non-Chinese Chinese man. Yeah, that's like because he's 50s, English, isn't it? Uh, no, it was in color. So it's well, there's stuff that was in color. In not the in the fifties. In the late fifties, not any good. When do you think Technicolor was invented? Shortly around the time I was born, because <laughs> I had a contract with them, so I'd have colored dreams. What the? <laughs> hey, did you know that until the code TV came, came around, everybody saw in black and white, right? <laughs> oh my, that's the that's the Mandela effect, right? <laughs> no, something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, for for our listeners out there, welcome to uh, another episode of High Culture with Low Friends, and obviously, we're talking about kung fu movies today. You might have noticed that uh, there's three voices in the room. It's a special edition of High Culture, and uh, not only do I have Parker Black, but Ken Dotson with me here. We're doing a three-way in the living room. Wait a minute. Or we could do a three-part harmony. <laughs> I don't think can we do that. I know I can. I don't know about Parker. His, no. No. <laughs> but uh, we had to move out of the uh, uh, office studio because it wasn't big enough for the three of us. <laughs> and if you see the videos that I've 
posted on TikTok. You'll know what I mean. Because <laughs> we are three big dudes. Um, two of us are at least fat, right? I'm fat. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I was sitting here a minute ago. I'm like, I feel like a, I feel like a bullfrog. <laughs> I'm just a little big boned. You're big. Dude, you were pregnant for 15 years. <laughs> well, yeah, I finally gave birth to most of it. Carve baby. Carve reminds baby. Me, that reminds me of that, uh, that one uh, SNL stuff with John Lithgow where they're doing surgery on his bum. And then he's just cross as hell. He's about everything. Oh, you know, doctors don't know what you're doing and blah, 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 and all this. And they pull the forceps and there's like this huge cockroach looking thing that's in the forceps as they come out. And all of a sudden, a big old smile comes across the face. I was like, oh my goodness. That was I got a little too close to the microphone. A little bit. It's your, it's your headphones. They got it's, headphones it's, got too close, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Because I bet if you brought it up again, it would be just learning. Still yeah. learning. We're still learning. What? Uh-oh. What's going on over here? Oh, that's attached. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what you say yeah, when you're yeah. having a three-way in the <laughs> probably do probably should call Bobby and tell her I need another trim. You need a high yacht top on your uh, freaking uh, mohawk. But yet, just take uh, a pair of scissors and just snip it off in the front. It's long on the top it. and short everywhere else. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> we got to get a picture of that for TikTok. We'll just <laughs> a little bit of moose, you know. Yeah, I I, I, I do that in the shower sometimes with the shampoo and moose. Talking about unicorns and moose, what other bovine animals are we going to... Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> caribou. That's North American bison. That's what you got from that was caribou. Let's talk about kung fu. Or we won't talk about kung fu. Let's, 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 let's plumb the depths of, of Parker's knowledge here, what he actually meant. So you, you mentioned him ago. You know who the Shaw brothers are. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. What do you know about them? Um, they're brothers. Name Shaw. They have Shaw. five of them. Um, there was more than one. Uh, they were from, I believe, Hong Kong. Uh -huh. And they produced a bunch of uh, Kung Fu movies. Oh, man, a bunch. You have no idea. I looked up the Wikipedia in preparation for this, thinking I could jot down some stuff on a freaking index card. No. The, the film company has been around, or the, the entertainment company of the Shaw Brothers has been around since 1910. The oldest brother, who's like way older than the youngest brother, um, he's dead now. Basically, inherited this uh, this um, conglomeration or whatever, and he created this film, this entertainment company, which became a film company when the, when the silent movies first started. So they were doing silent kung fu movies back then, um, and then they were doing like some documentaries and instructional stuff. Um, but my, and the company basically got handed down from one brother to another until you get to the golden years um, in the 50s when they start producing all these kung fu movies. And if you look at the list just for the 50s, oh my lord, there's like 70 movies they did in 10 years. And they were just constantly, they were doing like three month production. Um, and then, of course, by the time you get into the, the 70s, the, the younger, the youngest brother, Run Run, love that name, Run Run Shaw. He's got the company and he's putting out stuff like Man with the Flying Guillotine and, uh, you know, those kind of, you know, Snake and Eagle's Claw. And uh, uh, you start seeing these 
superstars rise out of that, you know. And then, of course, the 70s is, you know, the decade of Bruce Lee. So, Game of Death. Have you seen that one, Parker? No. <gasps> Enter the Dragon? Maybe. That name's familiar. Should be. That's one of his most... Yeah, as I said, yeah. yeah. Like oh, most and uh, The Green Hornet. Well, that's not... And in China, it was called the Cato Show. I believe that. Yeah, that was. I can't remember who the guy. Uh, who did, uh, Some white guy in Bruce, <laughs> the American actor that played the <laughs> Green Hornet, the lead role. I can't remember now. I should know that. I I need to see. I need to have my tablet in here so I can be doing searches on all this see, stuff. The only the only Green Hornet movie that I know of is. Seth Rogen? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the remake. Yeah. Yeah. But back in the back in the late sixties it was it was a TV show. I mean that's yeah. how Bruce got introduced to American audiences was through that TV show. And and yeah, he was he was amazing at he was yeah, it, <laughs> he was definitely more fun to watch than, than the Green Hornet himself. So but, well, that's because the Green Hornet relied on weapons and stuff. Well he was Batman. He was like Batman. Uh, but I, Only not as rich. Well, look, I guess he might have been. A little cooler, though. I always thought Green Hornet was a little cooler than Batman. Just my take on it. I know lots and lots of people would disagree with me on that. So, I'm indifferent. But you, you're, Parker, you're a Jackie Chan fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed most of his movies. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd use the word f- fan. I guess it sort of depends on your definition of fan, but I do enjoy it. I have enjoyed his. You enjoy work. the action, yeah. of of his stuff, yeah. yeah. And I know Ken has. Ken's like Ken. You've seen Police Story, right? Yes. Van Williams was oh, the original okay. Green Hornet. Yeah, that does actually sound a little familiar. So. Oh, and it started on radio. Idiot. Oh yeah, it's been around in like 1936. I was going to say 40, but yeah, that's even better. 1936. Wow. Yeah, been around a long time. So, but um, Kim, what about what? What are your thoughts on Bruce Lee? He was taken way too soon. Agreed. I mean, and he was truly probably one of the greatest kung fu fighters of all time, and his son Brandon a very close second. Yeah. Now, also taken way too soon. Yes. What was uh? Shoot, now, now I'm feeling stupid because I should know this. What was his style of film? He had a name. He for made it. his own style. Right, but he had a name for it. Is um, um, it uh, Jeet Kudo? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He also invented the nunchucks. What? Yeah, you, you, you didn't know that? He invented, yeah. not like Al Gore I invented, but like no, actually like, like, invented the nunchucks. At least that's my un- understanding because he wanted to create something that was flashy but yet useless. I thought it started out as a rice flail. I mean, it was pro- there was probably something similar. Uh, it may have been used as a weapon, but like traditional nunchucks, uh, he I, I read somewhere he created it for for movies and TV. And he kicked butt, like super flashy, and it looks wow. really good. Oh, that's cool. That's that's super cool. I did not know that. Uh, I have to look that up to verify that because I you know I could be wrong, but yeah, I do remember reading that somewhere. But you were saying, yeah, Jeet Kundo. Yeah. Yeah, that was the style. And it was not, I mean, there were elements of other things in there. Like, I feel like there were elements of Wing Chun. Yeah, there was actually a movie 
uh, about Bruce and what happened. Uh, apparently, he injured his back in a fight. Uh, actually, had was broken in places. And uh, his then-girlfriend, later wife, uh, while he was in the hospital, uh, you know, he had always mentioned that Kung Fu, traditional Kung Fu was too rigid. And so she helped him develop the style. And I think he said, you know, with the style he developed, he could take anyone out in less than a minute. I think it's what it was. And it shows in one of the fights, you know, just after this, um, the guy was going is this huge mountain of a man who knew Bruce's back had been broken, you know, basically does a kidney punch on him. And then Bruce proceeds to mop the floor with him in less than a minute. <laughs> That's what in the wrestling business they call that a hooker. Yeah. And you of course, and you take him out. there's urban legends no, that, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Bruce, Bruce and Chuck Norris had a secret fight because Bruce wanted to, or I mean, Chuck wanted to know who was better. Right. And supposedly, because <laughs> there's this one film with uh, Bruce and uh, I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, basketball player. You know, and they're in the, in the movie, they're in this big fight and Kareem kicks him in the chest. And on the suit or the outfit that Bruce is wearing, you see this footprint that goes from his navel to his neck, <laughs> which is Kareem's footprint. Supposedly, they had a little duel offset as well. But like I said, it's urban legend. Uh, I've never seen any proof right. one way or the other. But well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> just, to, just to clarify here, I looked it up because I was curious. Bruce Lee did not, in fact, invent the nunchuck. He was the one that brought it to TV. Now, oh, okay. The question of whether it was a weapon or 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 not is questionable, and most. Well, at least Wikipedia says that most people think it was not actually used as a weapon, but it was a rice thresher in the in the in the, in, in, in the Philippines and there similar things in Japan, but they don't think it was a weapon, and they think he was the one that really brought it to the screen as a weapon. Well, one of the things I always learned um, that I always saw was that a lot of these martial arts weapons, uh, you know, not just that, but a, a lot of the things that you saw um, in the eighties. There was this dreadful uh, ninja movie that came out, and the lead in it was this guy named Franco Nero, who was Italian. It was an okay movie. It was fun. But the villain in this was much more entertaining, and he went on to make the sequels. He was a Japanese fellow by the name of Sho Kazugi. Or actually, it was probably Sho Kazugi. K-O-S-U-G-I. Kazugi. So it would be Kosugi. Okay, so there's no silent U there. No, they don't have any silent. Kosugi. Very few silent letters. Well, you know, you have the ones like we were talking about before, like A-S-U-K-E is Asuka, not Asuke or Asuka. It's Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. So well, I don't know if if in the last name, Kosugi would be like that. Well, and then like, it's not Des. Most people don't pronounce the U. It's, Des. it's just Des. Des. You just unplugged I yourself. know I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to have to change on this. But anyway, uh, point being that um, Shokazugi, um, a lot of what he did were these, uh, he he used every like ninja weapon that he could get a hold of and, 
in the movies that he did. And a lot of them were like, for instance, the, the, the weapon known as the Tomfa, which is, it looks like, a, it almost looks like a billy club. It's, it's a modern day police baton. Right, but it, it, it's not, okay? Originally, Tomfas were rice flayers. Yeah. Flayers. Well, there's, a, there's logic behind that, though, because in the early dynasties, civilians were not allowed to have weapons. I know. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make is the fact that a lot of these weapons that were used later originally mm -hmm. were agricultural yeah. tools of some kind that were that when if, if the shit hit the fan in the village and, and the citizen you know, defenders had to defend, they used these agricultural tools yeah. and they developed That's, the styles over time. And, and that is a lot of the theory to why ninja weapons are what they are because they were created, as you both said, as an agricultural tool that was then modified to be a weapon so that the ninjas could carry a weapon without raising suspicion. Right. Because there was a big secretive thing, especially yeah. in Japan. There, um, I mean, you look at like the Nobunaga period, the Edo period with Nobunaga, because those two camps, good Lord, you know, um, I always forget who Nobunaga's main rival was. Do you know, Ken? Some dead guy. Some, <laughs> but I know that whole series of the, uh, about this on Netflix, about the, the battle for Japan during the Edo period. And, but, uh, yeah, you, man, secrecy was important, not just, and, and, you know, who's here and what, but also, and, and, you know, if you can tell if somebody's skilled or not, <laughs> or has the weapons or, or whatever. So, and there's been a lot of movies that were done around that. Well, in, in the Chinese versions of Kung Fu 2, uh, you know, the, because you're not allowed to have weapons, they turn their bodies into weapons. Right. Well, there's the, the whole... You know, um, back to Bruce Lee then talking about the fact that there was this, you know, there was this whole history and this tradition of the whole, there was a rhythm to it, right? Mm -hmm. You had the, you know, and the, and the sounds, I mean, the sound effects were a huge part of those early Kung Fu movies. And, but then Bruce Lee is like, we don't need all that. <laughs> we, and his style was not, it wasn't like that. It wasn't. It was, it had, it, it was, there was like a dance. It was like doing a dance. It was like doing a cha-cha. It was like one, two, three, pow. <laughs> one, two, three, kick, you know. And it was a completely different rhythm that kind of changed the, the way people looked at that stuff. So, yeah. Bruce Lee. Innovative. Jack, uh, and I feel like Jackie Chan was kind of like, I mean, he was doing movies at the same time Bruce Lee was, but he kind of inherited the mantle of the, uh, you know, the, the torchbearer for... And I think he got a lot of props because he, you know, is, is known to do a lot of his own work and a lot of his own stunts. Oh so, I mean, that, I think, definitely... Um, it, it it does give a different feel when you not only can see somebody do a stunt, but a lot of times when stunts are done, they might cover the face or hide the face so you don't recognize the stunt actor not being the main actor. But in his case, you could see his face the whole time so well, it was clear he was the one doing it. Yeah, I think a lot in more of the uh, traditional, i.e. Chinese, Japanese martial arts movies, uh, more often than not, the actor will be a martial artist. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they will do their own stunts. Well. Because they want authenticity. Yeah. 
you were talking about Chuck Norris a minute ago in the, the, the fight with Bruce Lee. There was, you know, a famous TV show here um, in America that kind of was a response to Americans being introduced to some of that stuff was the was the TV show Kung Fu with David Carradine where he played the Shaolin monk who was in the West and he, he would each each episode he was fighting for justice for somebody, you know, and didn't really want to fight. Yeah. And they, they had one apparently he had a little rivalry with Chuck Norris as well. Well also Bruce Lee was supposed to be the right. star of, of Kung, Kung Fu. Fu but right. he wasn't white enough. Yeah. I mean, we can go a whole other direction. Oh that. heck yeah. But David Carradine want Chuck Norris criticized David Carradine for his martial arts and they asked David Carradine about it and he said, Well, I think it's I think it's clear that one of us is an actor and one of us is not. <laughs> True. <laughs> David David didn't really know any martial arts right. when he started. It's, he wasn't he was an actor even Chuck Norris was more not. modern. <laughs> uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was, was Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean it was a backhanded slap yeah. what it was. But <laughs> Buffy was Sarah Michelle Gellar. She didn't know martial arts starting out before yeah. the end of the series. Uh, she was a black belt. Now, you were, now, you know, another interesting tie in there, talking about those three gentlemen, Bruce Lee's last story that he wrote was called The Iron Circle, I think. And there was a movie done, and it was David Carradine that starred. Uh, uh, I mean, well, he wasn't—he wasn't the lead. He was—he was the antagonist in it. He was kind of like a, a modified Monkey King. Um, the guy that was the main hero was named Kor. I have no idea who the actor was because I don't think he did much of anything after that. But it was the last story that that uh, the, that uh, Bruce Lee wrote and that they made a movie out of. And it's it's a fascinating movie. It's actually really good. It's even got like uh, Eli Wallach, who's an actor from the you know forties, fifties, and sixties. And there's not a whole lot of fighting in it. It's more of a philosophical piece. But I always found it interesting that there's some of those like meta connections there between you know uh, actors and martial artists in that world. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, and and. Um, I guess we'll go, I, we'll just keep going down this, uh, down this lane, I think. Oh, have you seen the preview for Stallone's new movie? Uh, Samaritan. Samaritan? Samaritan. Yeah, that's yeah, that looks good. That looks like it's going to be funny. Yeah. Well, I, I did some, uh, I pulled up some of my history notes on this that, that I, you know, I said something about, um, looking at Wikipedia last week, and there's just like tons and tons of uh, Shaw Brothers movies, right, from the 70s, well, 50s, 60s, and 70s, into the 80s, of the three brothers that uh, that really made the um, company what it became were Run Run, Run Jay, and Run Me. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm like, okay. I think one of the brothers was actually called Run D. Uh, what about MC? I know. I mean, it sounds like a rap crew, doesn't it? Yes. So here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna name off some of. I find this really interesting. The number one ranked Shaw Brothers movie, Five Deadly Guns. 
Um, a lot of people know the one-armed swordsman, um, the 36th chamber of Shaolin. That was a huge way that a lot of people, I remember parts of that. But you know, that's another thing too that the, the, the Shaw brothers bought, brought to the whole Kung Fu, not just Kung Fu, but to pop culture in general, is the idea of the Shaolin Temple. How pervasive is that? Now, that if someone true. says, oh, yeah, he's from the Shaolin Temple, they will, oh, he must be really, really good. Because only the best get into the Shaolin Temple. Um, let's see, Shaolin Daredevils, Avenging Warriors of Shaolin. Um, where's the, the new one-armed swordsman? The Masked Avengers. Uh, oh, here we go. I remember this one. The Kid with the Golden Arm. Um, nope. The Assassin. The Ten Tigers of Quang Kung. Um, five Fingers of Death. That, I would imagine that sounds, does that sound familiar to you guys at all? you remember Five Fingers of Death? Uh, there was a reference in Kill Bill, but I don't right. think we actually Oh, yeah, but that's because the, the five nerve points. Yeah. And then you take two steps and die or something. Yeah, something like that. Let's see. There was another one here that I saw. Oh. I guess Kill Bill would count as a Kung Fu. You know, I was actually just thinking that this sort of would count as a Kung Fu. It does. Because it does. I, I didn't think Quentin Tarantino even said that, you know, he's got a lot of. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, she wears Bruce Lee's outfit. For, yeah. For Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. That was Bruce's outfit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the motorbike. David Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me flip over then. Uh, I've got, I told you, I got some stuff for Bill. We'll talk, when we talk about the impact that those movies made on modern stuff because i've got a list here of um you know there's some guys that came along obviously jackie chan um don Yen, who was Ip man and parker you said you've seen it i've seen it man yeah yeah um that was a i'm bored and, ne- and i still have netflix i wonder what this is click uh, and I was like, oh that's pretty good <laughs> yeah uh and you know uh donnie Yen was in row one yep you know, I uh, the forces with me and so many bosses. Huh? So many. <laughs> the mantra, the mantra of Donnie Yen, the blind, um, force sensitive martial artist in Rogue One. What was his thing? I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Something like that. Yeah. I love that. That scene where he's just walking across, just fired. You know, I like his weapon. Going down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically a modified bow stack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you got Jet Li. We were talking a minute ago about um, the one that, because it was a kung fu movie, it was a science fiction movie, it was an action movie, it was a little bit of everything. And I think a lot of people have, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, kung Fu Sassy Padme has, uh, she's done some movies before that were, I would consider Wing Chun. <laughs> My pugs have done moves that could probably be considered Wing Chun, but it's usually because they're falling. <laughs> I gotta say, that's one of the things I love about the old Kung Fu movies is the Wing Chun style. Yeah. Because it's very, it was a, you know, an aerial style. It's very flashy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have flashy. Um, but yeah, Jet Li did Hero, which was, mm-hmm. you know. Excellent movie. Uh, a lot of very dramatic turn for him. Of course, the the movie that a lot of people saw here uh, with uh, what's her name, Aaliyah, that she ended up 
she passed away in that accident, I think, or something mm -hmm. like that. Romeo Must Die. Mm. That's the name of the movie. Mm. Romeo Must Die, which was, you know, half half urban movie, half or I'm about to have too many halves for the whole. Uh, it was urban movie, it was kung fu, it was action. Um, and now, and you know, you get into some of the modern, it's like everybody knows kung fu. It's yeah, like, everybody at least knows something about kung fu. I mean, they may not look at it and go, that's a kung fu movie. They may go more of, well, that's an action movie. But I mean, yeah, but Kill Bill with that, I mean, that's on my list here of modern kung fu, the two part homage from Quentin Tarantino yeah. to all of the kung, kung fu movies of. I mean, uh, what is it? The, the 88? Is that what they're called? The, the crazy 88. The crazy, crazy eights or something. Yeah. Crazy eights. And you, you know. No, it's uh, crazy 88. Was it? Yeah, yeah because there were 88 of them. Yeah. Mm. And Lucy Liu is the, the leader of them. I mean, there are a lot of cutaways. Battle in, Royale. That, you talking about the Japanese movie? Mm-hmm. It's a kung fu movie. Oh, you're saying it's a kung fu movie? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. How how so? I mean, I know there's martial arts in it, but um, I mean that's that's correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the one about the the, the high school kids that end up on an island with their coach and mm. and they have to. They, it's like Hunger Games before no. before Hunger Games, where unless I'm thinking of a different movie. What movie are you thinking of? I don't know. I thought it was that one because on the cover you've got this girl. She's in a school uniform, but she's got uh, kind of like the weapon the girl in uh, Kill Bill it. used. You know, the little Asian girl with that oh, like pendulum a, of death. A meteor hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About, um, the Battle Royale movie. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where you got all these high school kids and they go on a field trip and the field trip turns to, turns out to be they all got to kill one another and only one can, there can only be one. And it's it's basically... No, the, it's Highlander 17. Right. Am I wrong about this? <laughs> no, you are correct. Uh, 42 ninth graders are sent to a deserted island. They are given map food to various weapons. Explosive collars put around the neck if they break the rule. Boom goes collar. Right. So oh, it's like Running Man me Highlander. Was Running Man meets Hunger meets Hunger Games, and the whole thing is basically a a political comment about the education system in Japan, the, the competition that the, the, these kids are forced to endure, uh, you know, to to succeed. Squid Games. Uh, yeah, I've only seen part of the first episode. I've never seen any of that. I saw the first episode, and it was interesting. Um, I mean, again, I think Japanese game show taken to great extreme. Yeah, I've seen some of the, <laughs> the, the clips and I know the storyline, but yeah. And again, I think it's it's a, again it's a it's very much a social commentary on the Korean economic system. I mean, you take any of these movies like this, and you're gonna yeah, you know, this goes back to what we we're talking about before about dystopian shit, mm -hmm. you know. There's always some message there about what where we are and where we're headed. So, oh, everybody knows. Well, everybody with half a brain knows where we're headed. But Kill Bill was, you know, this was a movie that was really about, you know, Quentin Tarantino showing homage to all those, those, you know, not just not just kung fu, but schlock and 
gonzo movies of, of his youth. You yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, I've recently changed my um, retirement plan. Oh, oh wait a minute, hold on. Uh, let Ken know what your previous. My, my retirement plan was the collapse of modern society. Mm-hmm. My uh, current retirement plan is to die in a blaze of glory fighting uh, Christian fascists. Because <laughs> that's more likely these days. Help me become dictator. <laughs> yeah, help me become dictator and I'll fix it all. Oh, I've, I've had to revise the plan a little bit. Originally, it was just a 10 year plan. Now it's a 10 year with an optional five. How much time is left in this segment? <laughs> <laughs> because. I have to get the moon base established. Okay. Moonbase. Hey, did you see we're going back to the moon? Yeah. That's what I was talking about earlier on the, the four men in a toilet or four astronauts in a toilet. Oh, I had no idea you were referring to something. That's that's how, yeah, that's, 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 that yeah it was actually in the news. Yeah, NASA's new to... rocket, uh, it's due to go off, I think, uh, in 25 or 26. It will have a crew of four and a toilet, which the Apollo capsules didn't have a toilet. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because wasn't there that famous thing of like, whose is this? As a turd floats around in the, the capsule. <laughs> that might have been on Space Force or something, but <laughs> I don't remember it for real. Yeah, because it was, it was a transcript. Oh. Like I, I I read the transcript of, of one of the of one of the missions. Apparently, the toilet wasn't sucking properly. Apparently, a turd was floating around. Ew. Yeah. So I think we can go re-entry. Splat. Well, somebody said, don't, like, don't let it get in the intake. Have either one of you seen Ride with White Air? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, see, unfortunately, I haven't, I mean, some of, like, some of the big ones, like Enter the Dragon and, um, like, the, the, the big ones that um, most Americans have heard of, I've yeah. heard of those. But um, a lot of the ones of, like, you know, typical um, Kung Fu fans, I probably would have never heard of them. Have now, Ken, you've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right? Yeah, I have also seen that. Yeah. Oh, you have seen. Well, that was a big movie in America. Huh? Yeah, it was a big movie in America. Yeah, it was. I said the the other really big one is Shinobi. And so, I don't know that one at all. Well, I watched it because I mean, Ayumi does the title song. Oh, yeah, I can song right. called Heaven. But I want to ask you guys specifically on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. How, what was your reaction to the end of the movie? I don't remember the end. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry, I don't remember the end either. It's been, you know, I've slept oh, at least twice since then. See, that's funny because that had that had an impact on me that I still feel because I the first time I saw the movie, I was like, huh? I, I, don't, I don't get it. So, all right, spoiler alert for anybody that actually hasn't seen the movie yet, which is possible. Um, at, at the end of the movie, so, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you've got You've got the two older uh, people, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, Chow Yun-Fat, who know each other, have a history, have a past, and their destinies are tied around the green sword of destiny. And then you've got the young princess, uh, Shang Ziyi, who is trying to take, steal the sword, um, because she's in league with the, the evil fox queen. Um, and oh, oh, I said fox. I said evil. What did I say? <laughs> At least she's not barking at me this time. I don't know. I don't know. Fox she is. is a trigger word. Well, it could be. You just never know with her. With her. Sassy. We're on air right now. We're broadcasting. By the way, we're broadcasting from the heart of Hillview, Kentucky. If anybody cared. <laughs> 
So uh, once again, um, Sassy Patna has decided to. I, I don't. I can't tell if she likes kung fu or not. She does kung fu sometimes. We can teach her some. But at the end of this, so we can got, teach her boot the dog. You, you've got the young. You've also got the like the rebel hero that's that has um, a, a thing going on with Song Zhang Ziyi. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of this movie with the young lovers, and she's kind of Zhang Ziyi is going back and forth between do I want to be good, do I want to be evil, do I care, whatever. She jumps off the side of a mountain. She oh, gives, I do think she gives up the green sword of destiny, and then she jumps off the side of a mountain. And it's like, what? Did, why did she do that? What's going? On? And I watched it a second time because Shay and I sat down and watched it, and it made a little bit more sense to me because it was like a sacrificial thing. But I still was like, this is not the way I. This Fox. is not the way I expected. To end kung fu, and so I said, <laughs> <laughs> to the head. He's looking for head. Oh my god, Taekwondo Leap. I had forgotten oh, all that. about that sketch. Taekwondo Leap. I was gonna Taekwondo almost brought Leap. it up earlier. Bring it up now. Go ahead, Ken. Take it away. Taekwondo Leap. Oh, man. No. <laughs> uh, god. What, what was uh, the name well, of it started with it's. It started with. Uh, it was like a sketch. There yeah. were a couple of them. It's like one of them you've got a funeral reading, um, you know, where everybody's in, and you know, the lawyers reading off the will, and you know, so and so will get this, and a boot to the head for Jenny and the Wimp. Right, right. And then it goes on, and a boot to the head for Jenny and the Wimp, and then lastly for my attorney, not a boot to the head. But a rabid wombat to be dropped into his trousers and set free, or something like that. Right. And, and then in a, <laughs> in a the the story, you know, take the story of Taekwondo Leap. It's taken place Ed Gruberman. Ed, yeah, Gruberman. Yes, Ed, Ed Gruberman. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, you know, he signs like, up to learn. He, the, he says, "Yeah, I I'm gonna learn to kick some ass." Right. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, you know, that's, Ed that's Gruberman. Not, that's not what we're about. It's like, and yeah, I'm getting this all out of order, but it's like you know, no, no, focus, right. focus on the candle flame, right. you know, and the the master speaking, <laughs> and then you know, Ed butts in. He goes, Ed Gruberman, I am going to show you something. He goes, Yeah, great. I'm going to kick some ass. Yeah. Boot to the head. Boom. Right. Oh, and I'm ready. <laughs> he goes. Yeah, and he's you know you you can he's staggering around everything he goes yeah he goes okay students what what have we learned and it's like master we have learned that you must get in the first strike put to the head right. whoosh, whoosh. you missed uh, yeah I put uh, uh, to the head put to the head and put to the heads everywhere and then you hear all the guys and you know they're moaning and, and the master goes back uh, once. Now we will focus on the candle flame. Now, I think there might have been a third one, uh, but yeah, it's it's really big at uh, cons. Right, right. They'll they'll get a few guys up, you know, uh, that'll do it. Yeah, Marcon, Gen Con, all of them, uh, and there was even there was one. Sk- it was a troop. It was a comedy. Yeah. Troupe. Did that. I, They're out of Canada. It's called the uh, Fanatics, yeah, and they even the had the yeah. uh, the old D and D skit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the guy says, uh, you know, it's like okay, there's a darkness. He goes, I shoot it, 
shoot yeah, what? Yeah, I yeah, shoot yeah, the yeah, darkness. Right. <laughs> and it, it's actually not far off from a We're bunch of a bunch of D and D groups I, that I I've known that. through I, the years. I attacked the gazebo. Right. <laughs> that was uh God. What was that game? It was I think it was called Summoner. It was an old oh, like familiar, yeah. it was an old like um, you know PlayStation game. And at the very end of it, if you if you went through the whole game and you watched through the credits, they had that entire skit done <laughs> in with the game characters, if the, as if they were playing D and D together. Because like one of the summons was in the refrigerator. Can I make my eyes gray? I want my eyes to be gray. And the guy who's playing the DM's like, oh god, please stop. <laughs> Okay, I wish there was some way to tie that back in to kung fu movies, but there isn't. There There's is no, no way. No. Just, we're gonna we're gonna switch switch gears again okay. without a clutch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Jet Li because he does a lot of boot, boots to the head. Um, There's your tie-in right there, boots. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other some other newer ones, modern. Um, is a man of Tai Chi. I don't know if you you know mm-hmm. if you have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kill, like I said, kill, I I really love Kill Bill. The fact that it was like I said that that homage, and uh, and you mentioned before Kung Fu Hustle, Shaolin Soccer mm-hmm. that has this this level of silliness that in this this sort of unreality to it that I find um, I find refreshing actually. I I finally got to see Shaolin Soccer here recently enough. I didn't know what I was getting into. Shay had, had already seen it, and and then I watched it. I was like, "Oh my god, that was fantastic!" I just I like their team. Yeah, you know yeah. when the protagonist, it's like, "What do you mean there's a sign up a registration fee?" And the protagonist, he's just looking at them all laying there. You got the one guy with his beer belly hanging over another guy smoking cigarettes a mile a minute, and he just says, "I'll, I'll pay the fee." And of course, right. in the end, what happens? Yeah, yeah, that's a it's an amazing movie. But you know, I, I feel like when I'm looking at some of these, because I've done a search on, on um, modern kung fu movies, is that there's been a real transformation. Though, I mean, you have some subgenres, but overall, there's been this transformation. Though, we don't we don't even kind of think of some of these movies as being kung fu movies anymore because they've really matured a lot in the kind of direction and the cinematography, the special effects, the choreography, um, you know, a, a couple of examples to come, that come to mind for me, like on this, are like House of Flying Daggers. Oh, I remember that one. Because it has that, you do have that sort of feel of like, okay, this is something that's, that, it, that is foreign, but it's also very familiar. And but and it has those elements of drama and romance that um, that make it very captivating. There's so much color in in some of these movies. Yeah. I think with a lot of it, uh, martial arts is no longer an Eastern thing, right? And you're seeing its influence in in more and more things like um, the Altered Carbon series. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the soldiers in that. Rarely do they rely on, and well, uh, Ghost in the Shell, you know, yeah. uh, any version of it. Um, well, there were there Cowboy all... Bebop, you know. It's you see all these movies and TV shows and other things where 
the hero is less reliant on modern weapons than himself or herself. Right, right, right. You know, even, uh, what was it? Um, oh, it was this one... Sadly, it was a one-season thing. Uh, Jupiter's Children, I think, is what it was oh, yeah, on yeah. Netflix. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, which I think that had a lot of potential. I think I think Shannon watched like two or three episodes. Of that. Yeah, it it's the run. It was really, especially the last couple of episodes, where you find out what's really going on. Yeah, it's like, oh man! Make it that far, but we... it was never. It was yeah. dropped, I think, before the season even finished. Um, and then you've got uh, Warrior Nun. You know, right. it's where because of the material they need to defeat these demons is so hard to get and so limited in quantity. You know, they have to rely on other means to defend themselves. Right, right. Well, you know, and I think you made the point about the fact that you know, martial arts is the, it's not just an Eastern thing anymore. And I think you can look at, there's a, a couple of different actors that you can look at who really embraced martial arts and then brought it mm-hmm. to a Western audience. And, and I hate to mention his name, but he did this, even though he's not a popular <laughs> guy anymore, Steven Seagal. You know, those first few movies he did were, were, were solid action movies. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. love him or hate him, you know, the Octagon from the 80s, um, you know. Walker, Texas Ranger. Bloodsport. Uh, yeah. Bloodsport, yeah. Bloodsport. Kumite. Is it Kumite or Kumite? Kumite. No, it's Kumite. It's Frank Dukes. Okay. Uh, I always thought that was produced or was uh, pronounced Kumite. So. Steven Seagal was under siege. Yeah, under I'm just a cook. Yeah. Yeah, so, throwing knives. He can't. You know, his moves now is just this, like a little flurry of arms. Yeah, well, that, that's I because. I some clip and it was just like this. And I'm like, you know, he's like most of us, he's put on a lot of weight yeah, and right. lost a lot of flexibility. Frank Segura does, uh, the comedian, uh, not Frank, uh, the comedian Tom Segura does a whole bit on, on the. Uh, uh, Steve Seagal these days with uh, his, uh, he did the Aikido. That was his, his form yeah. of martial art was, was Aikido. But yeah, he had, and, and I'm sure I'm missing the, and I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was actually, even though it was more of a sword play movie than it was, um, you know, a kung fu movie, um, that was, you know, Ang Lee bringing, yeah. mm-hmm. and it made, that was the first Asian movie like that to make such a huge splash um in uh, western theaters and uh, yeah, i think it, even, it seems like it won an academy award for something i don't remember i, could probably I want to think that right on that one yeah. too I, I, I do think there was uh some award for it yeah, yeah. but I, you know, probably un- for film photography unfortunately i don't really follow good. any of the award shows yeah you know, except for will smith that slapped uh, Chris. Yeah. Well, that's that's. But that was on the news, so I didn't have to watch the show. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> but you know, uh, talking about Crouch and Tiger. If I anything, I, if I see a TV show or a movie and it's got Michelle Yeoh in it, yeah. I'm watching it. She's an amazing um, actress and martial oh, artist. Isn't that 
um, everything about everything movie. Or yes, something. isn't that's that a kung fu movie too? Sort of. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I want to see that because I've heard I've heard it said people say that out of all these movies that have come out about the multiverse, this is the best multiverse movie out there so far. And that alone, just hearing that, made me want to see it to see why you know somebody would say that. So. I still want to exist in the paint universe for a little bit. That, yeah. I being paint. <laughs> Not, <laughs> See how that goes for a bit. Doctor Strange in the uh, yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. 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 That was, well, I will have to say, I wish that scene where they're flying through all the different multiverses. I wish there had been like a couple of seconds extra in each one of those. I agree. I, I, I really, wish they had, they had um, returned to some of those. And wasn't there even one? Wasn't there like a Minecraft? There was a, like a cartoon in there. Or something or just watch uh, the remake of Hitchhiker's Guide when they go to the crochet universe temporarily. Oh, I remember. Yeah, uh, with um, uh, what's his name? Zephod Beetlebrot. Uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Who's yeah, I don't know who the actors were. Glorious actor. I know that man is amazing. He is. He is. He did. Uh, what was that? Uh, Moon. Moon. Moon was really bad. Yeah. I was very oh my surprised. Gosh. The ending on that is incredible. Yeah. Have you seen that King uh-huh. Moon? You gotta see that. Uh, yeah, that, it's it's one of those kind of slow build up and you gotta kinda be interested in it. But I watched it because it was Sam Rockwell yeah, and like at it. the end I'm like, oh huh. damn. Yeah. Squirrels. Squirrel? Well, there's also a bunny in front yeah, of Yeah, I saw the rabbit over here. We're, we're essentially in the country here. No, you're not. Yeah, we are. No, you're not. Trust me, you're not. No, this is not the country. Dude. No, I, I am. I'm, I'm see, born and bred is, city you're, boy. You're taking my words at face value and not understand what I'm actually oh, trying true. to say. So I've got squirrels and raccoons. I got raccoons camped out of my flipping attic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm inside the original city limits. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, I, I watched called the Midwest. I watched a guy in living in Australia the no, other day. He said, "I live in an Australian big, big, big city. I got possums in my attic, yeah, and a giant snake underneath <laughs> that lives on the porch." Because it's Australia, <laughs> and that snake probably can kill you. In Australia, Australia, everything can kill you. I know. Even those little tiny, like little tiny marmoset things, they, they may not be able to kill you, but they want to. Oh, what's the name of that guy? There was an Australian kung fu artist, uh, martial artist. There was. I wish I had that at my fingertip right that's, now. But we're, for uh, some reason, that's almost as bad as a Canadian kung fu that's going A after every hit and apologizing. No, what was the one? I saw, I, I saw one that, oh, yeah, we have uh, commandos, too. We just say sorry when we slip the knife in. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Sorry, well, boot that. I am yeah. not, not going to say sorry when I say that we have run out of time oh, on this uh, special episode. About, uh, time is relative. Through. Yeah, sure. What I know when this, <laughs> I know that when it goes red on my screen, nobody's going to hear anything we say after that, and they'll probably be they'll probably be thankful for it. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe. All you folks in Little Land, thank you for joining us for this episode of Kung Fu Movies and More uh, with my friends uh, Parker Black and uh, Ken Dotson. And um, in the meantime, stay cultured, my friends.
You've been listening to High Culture with Low Friends, a weekly odyssey of everything pop culture. High Culture with Low Friends is copyrighted and produced by Wicked Wolf Media Art Studios. Be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a moment.